Thank the Lord for another day. Thank the Lord for security. Thank the Lord this evening. Thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you this afternoon. We thank you that we can come here and worship you. Yes, Lord. Oh, I'm so excited. I was taking a shower. I was just excited to come to church tonight. Is anybody else excited to be at church tonight? I'm serious. I, I was ex I'm very excited. I like how Lyle switches up to today's messages to make us all colorful. Yeah, make, make it all colorful and exciting. Yeah. No, it's just great. It's just great. He's great. God is great. Amen. God is great. God is great. And I just want to. Let's just stand up real quick and let's just pray because to Chris's point, we should take on the burdens of our brothers and sisters. Amen. We should. We should be praying nonstop for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Can you imagine tomorrow Amen. we had to leave everything behind? Mm. Pete's experienced that once before in his life. His family has experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, let's not take these, and, and Dixon has too, let's not take these days for granted, this peace, right? You know, when God gave Solomon peace on all sides, it was it was not heard of at that time because peace is so rare. We've had peace, you know, my grandfather's life. I mean, in the U.S., we've had to go other places and fight. But, Lord, we thank, we thank you since, you know, I've been alive and most people here have been alive that we've had a safe place to, to live oh, hallelujah. and to worship you, Lord. What have we done with this freedom? What have we done with the Lord's freedom? Lord, we're thankful, Lord. We pray over our country, Lord, that our country remembers where we came from, Lord, and turns back to you, Heavenly Father. Lord, but not in a in a way that was like before, but in a new way, Lord, in a pure, purifying way, Lord. Lord, I just pray over world leaders right now, Lord. Lord, I pray over Russia, Lord, and Putin, and... Vladimir Zelensky, Lord, in Ukraine, Lord, and all of our brothers and sisters on both sides that are being affected. These countries are being affected right now. Russia's economy is being affected in Ukraine. Ukrainians are fleeing for their life. Lord, just help them right now, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, touch them, Lord. We, we have no idea the luxury that we have here. The luxury we had to just sit here and preach the gospel and be unchanged by it. Like, we have to be changed by it. Don't we see what's happening around us? What are we doing with our freedom? What are we doing with our freedom? Lord, we wake us up, Lord. Wake our hearts up. Wake our minds up, Lord Jesus. Please help us, Lord. Help us to know what the times we're living in, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us turn to you wholeheartedly and walk wholeheartedly in your plan, Lord. Lord, I pray for Susan tonight, Lord. And we lift her up as a body, Lord. Oh, yes. Lord, it's easy to forget when we're not going through it, Lord. But let us carry these burdens. Lord, don't let us forget. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, for our sister in Christ. Lord, we ask that you have give her peace. Lord, heal her body. Heal her body, Lord. Lord, touch Rocky and Cindy, Lord. Lord, touch their bodies, Lord. Touch Rocky's body. Touch his pancreas, touch his eyes, touch his heart. Lord, we know that you breathed on man and gave it life, and you can breathe on these situations, Lord. Lord Jesus, we submit to you tonight, Lord, and we ask to be changed by it. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We ask to be changed, Lord, not just people to sit in a pew and waste away to turn gray like Lyle said on Sunday. Mm -hmm. We don't come here to hear your word to be unchanged and, and just to stay the same. It's, what, what purpose is that? 
Lord, touch our hearts, Lord. Move us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I just want to talk tonight about needing a touch from the Lord. You know, this is nothing new if, you're, if you read the Bible. Pretty much every prophet, every small character, everybody that played a part in the Bible needed a touch from the Lord. Yep. Everybody from David down to Gideon all needed a touch. Gideon couldn't even believe he was going to be used by God because he was the least of the least. But that's what God does. He takes the craziest person that you know and makes them a Christian, and they're radical. And he can still never count somebody as so far gone. That's what we do as people. Don't remember people's sins in front of them either. That's not cool. Nope. We see in the Bible people who needed a physical touch from God. And we see people in the Bible that needed an inward touch. Something that only God can do. Whether it was deliverance from a demon. Whether it was oppression. whether Whatever it was. Some people just needed an inward touch. <clears throat> I do believe everyone sitting here tonight knows that if God doesn't touch this generation, if God doesn't do something that he hasn't done in generations past, then we're off for some different days. There's no way around it. It's like the island. It's like we're on an island and everything around it's just kind of falling apart. Eventually, it's going to get to the mainland. You have to be ready is your Christianity today ready to stand tomorrow? Mm. Can you stand based off what you've known? A lot of us have been in church. You know, that's what my prayer has been lately. Lord, don't let me have this false sense of who I am in you. Lord, I pray that I can stand when the time needs. You don't want to have 40 years of building up just to be let down. You let yourself down and God down at the time where you needed to stand. But as believers, we, we learn what we learn. We learn all the teaching, and we learn all the preaching. We hear all the, the things that we hear when, when we're in church and out of church. We need to have a steadfast assurance that this is what we believe, this is how we're going to live, and this is how we're going to stand. Amen. We will not be moved. I know what God has done for me in the past. And even if he doesn't do anything for me in the future, I still got to know who he is. And I still got to stand today on what he's done for me. It's that kind of faith that moves mountains when you can't be moved. God loves to give people what they need. He's not withholding anything from you. He loves to give people. But your need in the way you have it fulfilled a lot of times looks different than the way he's going to meet that need. <clears throat> the, you know, just needing a touch from God is just what I was focusing on today as I was praying and stuff. And working and it's just I just feel like we need a touch from God the church needs a touch from God people in the church need a touch from God people that have been recently left the church need a need a touch from God and when I say a touch from God it they it needs to be a radical touch it needs to be like I am the alpha and the omega touch like where where it puts reverence fear and everything that is good of God right back in this in this body because Nothing that has happened in the last 25 years has moved this nation closer to God. Nothing in the church has moved this nation closer to God. And that's not an indictment on the church. That's just reality. Everybody in here knows that we haven't had an encounter with the Lord that has shaken anything. And we keep holding on to this thing that 
there's going to be a last day revival, and I hope there is. I pray to God that there is, but I don't read that. So I don't want to hold on to something that isn't going to happen, even though I'm continually praying for people. And I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying we gotta we got to do it now while we have the chance, while we're free, while we're doing it. I'm not even... And this is what I wasn't even going to say, but Acts 2.17 says, In the last day of God, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. God does not want you to come, become stagnant in your walk. Sometimes things in your Christian walk will get stale if you're not continually pushing forward in spiritual growth. And that's what Pam was talking about last week or the week before. She was saying that you have to keep bearing fruit. Every fruit, right? If we have a garden, if it bears fruit one time, what good is it, right? We have to continually prune ourselves and, and, and push forward. You know, a grapevine doesn't bear fruit unless it's pruned back. Once it, once it grows out and it gives that off the grapes, it has to be totally cut back to, give, uh, to grow more grapes. We have to continually be seeking him, knocking, asking, like Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, seek, knock. This is a continual, continual part of your uh, Christianity. You need a fresh touch from God when you no longer know what to do. When we no longer have answers, when I can no longer talk to somebody, when I can no longer call anyone in here, when I, when I no longer have answers that, I, that make me feel better or that's going to tell me, how to get through it, you need a fresh touch from God. When you have exhausted all avenues, you just stand. We, we have to stand. And I know we've had it easy a lot. And I feel like something's going to happen. I just kind of have that feeling in my spirit that something, something's going to give. And I just want to talk to you about three examples of unwa unwavering faith. And, you know, I tend to go back to, the, to Mark chapter 5 a lot because it's such an exciting chapter. Right? It's such a, when Jesus was doing what Jesus does, he, he goes around and healing people and delivering people. Well, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, with the, uh, the woman with the bleeding issue. She spent all she had. She spent everything, doctors, everybody of that day, and no one could help her. She knew a touch from Jesus was the only thing that was going to change her situation. Amen. Nothing, else, nothing else in her life was going to make her whole. She did not care about the risk. She did not care about what others thought. She did not care what the law said. She just knew that if she didn't get a touch from God, that she was going to die. Listen to this, Mark 5, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Verse, 40, the verse 34, he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So first she heard about Jesus. 
Then she stepped out in faith. And she wasn't going to let anyone keep her from him. Then he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. If you read throughout the Bible, most healings that Jesus did, he tells them that your faith has healed you. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them. She just knew there was something in her that said, I just have to touch him. She said that to herself. She said that. I just got to touch him. And I'm telling you, the church and individuals, we just need to touch him today. We have to touch him today because this, we have to let him get deep inside of our hearts and our souls and change everything. Or we just won't make it. And it's not a doom and gloom thing. It's just that that's how much reliance we have to have on him. Right? When we read about Paul, how he said he was crushed on every side. And I always hear people say, God will never give you more than you can handle. Yes, he will because he's God. And that's your, it's not you who's supposed to be handling it. So that's the difference. We ha- it's got to be a mind shift. It's got to be a mindset. It just has to be like I'm unwavering. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what Pastor Lyle preached on a couple Wednesdays ago. They, they said, look, even if God doesn't save us, we're not going to bow to you. That's a certain thing that you've already established in your heart. You've already set that up in your heart that says, I'm not going to be moved. And that's what we need now. Nothing can move you. Nothing can move us. Nothing. So she first heard about Jesus. Then she stepped out in faith. But a lot of times when you step out in faith, you're going to get rebuked. If you remember, if you read on earlier in the chapter of Mark 5, Jesus was going on his way to Jairus' house. Or Jairus. Jairus. So before you had the bleeding woman, you had Jairus who came down and fell at the feet of Jesus. And he was on his way to his house, but he made a pit stop because a woman that had faith touched him. Mark 5, verse 21, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. And when he was by the lake, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus, Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. You see, this is another example of someone hearing about Jesus before seeing him. If he had not heard about Jesus first, he wouldn't have fallen at his feet. So he hadn't had to have knowledge of what Jesus was already doing in the area. First, he heard about Jesus. And that's what the Bible's telling us today. We're hearing about Jesus. You come to church, you're hearing about Jesus. you got to step out in faith, right? And you, right when you do, the first time you step out in faith, somebody, a naysayer, is going to come around and try to smack you back. Because she stepped out in faith, right? Woman with the blood stepped out in faith. Guess what? Everybody was pushing against her. She barely got to Jesus, touched the edge of his cloak, and was healed. He sees Jesus. He just immediately falls at his feet. Verse 23, he pleaded with him earnestly. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. I can see Jesus walking through, taking his time with the crowd, gets to the woman, touches him, he stops. And in the natural, you have Jairus who would have been like, come on, come on, Lord. 
Lord, you're with me. You're with me. What, what, we don't have time for this. My daughter's dying, Lord. We don't have time to, to wait here. That's awesome what you did for her. But can we hurry to my house, Lord, before my daughter dies? She's really sick, Lord. Jesus already knows what has happened over at his house. In the natural, it looked like God was late. In the natural, it looked hopeless. Why? Because this situation needed to be touched by God. Jesus was walking around doing God things. He was walking around with, he was on his way to his house. I'll get there when I get there. You don't have to fear. Meanwhile, on his way, he was doing what Jesus does. This is, this is a God that can tell the waves and the wind to, to peace. Be still. God is never late for anything. And what happened in verse 35? While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. And here's the, here's the seed of doubt. Here's what it is. Why bother the teacher anymore? Always going to be a seed of doubt planted by somebody. Could be your closest friend, your sister, your mom, your dad. It doesn't matter who it is. It's always going to be a seed of doubt. People will say the same thing today. You don't really believe that, do you? You tell somebody you're waiting uh, to hang out with people until you get married. They look at you like, what? Really? No, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same mindset. Because the world says you have to hang out and hook up with a bunch of people before you marry them, so you know if you like them or not. When God says, "I have planted somebody for you," I have somebody for you, and that's and that's not even in here. But <laughs> the situation looked so hopeless. They were asking, "Why bother the teacher anymore?" Look, everybody in here is going to get to the hopeless situation. Whether you live long enough, tomorrow, you lose your job, the situation of hopelessness is going to come to your door. Maybe more than once. Well, how are you going to stand? That's why we have to get emotions out of the way. That's why we have to... Just say, look, I know I feel this way. And you can even tell God, look, I feel this way. And I know I shouldn't. I know what your word says. Lord, even the guy in the Bible says, I believe, help my unbelief. He verbalized it because he knew it. That's how we got to live. Lord, I, I know what your word says. And if you're doubting, I'm doubting, Lord, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Verse 36, overhearing what they had said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid. Just Believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Think about that. He already knows. He already knows in his mind that she, his daughter's dead. I mean, he already knew. He was told. He heard it. The natural, still looking, he, Jesus is still looking crazy in the natural to, to Jairus and his friends and his family, right? He's saying the same thing in this generation. He's not late. 
Jesus is saying to all of us, no matter what happens, don't be afraid, just believe. And that's why I'm so excited tonight. I was really excited when I got to church and I was yelling, running around here like a crazy man. I was just excited to be here with you all. Verse 37, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? He already knew. The child is not dead, but asleep. Why? Because God can do that. God looks at a situation in the natural that looks dead, but he says it's not dead. It's asleep. How many here know that people are still laughing at God? They simply don't believe what we say or what we do. You ever been in a situation you say something bad happens to somebody, you go, I'm going to pray for them. And they go, well, prayer? Well, where was God? Why did God let that happen? There's mockers. There's always going to be mockers. After he put them all out, sometimes you have to put out all the naysayers and get before God. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talithia Kom, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Why? How? How? How did this happen? How did this happen? Because he's God. He's not late. Amen. He's never late. In the natural, he's looking late. People are laughing at him, right? He's, he's, he's on the way to this guy's house, but not really because he's doing a lot of other things. On the way to his house. Immediately, verse 42, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. What would have happened if Jairus would have listened to the person that said, why are you bothering the teacher anymore? He could have said, yeah, you're right. Let's just go home. We'll start making burial plans. We'll start doing all this stuff. We have to quit looking at things in the natural. The Bible says we have to walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, pray by the Spirit. We don't fight against flesh and blood. And guess what? We're always doing the things we shouldn't be doing. We're always fighting flesh and blood. We're not walking in the Spirit. We're always looking at natural things, not proclaiming life over them. You know what you should do? Look in the mirror and proclaim over yourself the promises of God. Proclaim the promises of God over your life in the mirror. Because guess what? Nobody else is proclaiming the promises of God over you like you can. We, it's just so, I just have so much passion. I was just reading this because I've been listening to um, the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over again. And it, you just, it, it's just crazy how when you listen to it, you just pick up stuff you, you, you've never heard before every time. And I know we've all preached out of Mark chapter 5. It's just like we could preach for a year out of it. Next week they could do a sermon out of it. And, they, and then Pete could do a sermon out of it. Lyle could on Sunday. It, it just The word of God is just so amazing. God is trying to say something in this generation. The generation that said that he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
But the enemy has convinced the whole generation that he doesn't do that anymore. The enemy has convinced the whole generation that, well, maybe that was not, that's for, that's for old school people. When that happens, your spiritual authority is gone. When we come into agreement with things that don't line up with what the, what the Word of God says, it strips you of your spiritual authority. Mark 10, verse 46. This is another example. They, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd. Guess what? You do God things, you attract large crowds. When he's, when he's walking around doing these things, he's attracting large amounts of people. He were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard, right, that Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Another example of somebody hearing about Jesus. And then guess what? He knew he could be healed by this man. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He heard about Jesus. Guess what next? After he's shouting this, right? He's doing his faith thing, shouting, Jesus, have mercy on me. Guess what happened in verse 48? Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Another example, you step out on faith, somebody's going to come around and put that seed of doubt right in right away. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but guess what? He had a desperate moment. He had that moment that said, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. You see a pattern here. They heard and were rebuked and didn't care what anyone thought. All three parts, all three stories in Mark, two of them, Mark chapter five and one in Mark chapter 10. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. He had a come to Jesus moment. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, another immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You can see a pattern here. Pretty much, if you start reading the Bible and really digesting it, you see patterns all throughout the Bible. People have a need that only God can meet. You have people that heard about Jesus. They stepped out in faith. They didn't care what anyone around them thought or said. Because guess what? Those people couldn't meet their need. It had been one thing if they looked at that person, that person said, ah, I can help you. But they had, they've already exhausted everything. They've been blind. Uh, one woman was bleeding. She's giving all of her money away. Jairus' daughter. All of them had things that couldn't be done in the natural, and they weren't listening to people in the natural anymore. But they heard about Jesus. They stepped out in faith. Amen. And look, there's coming a time where we're going to have to step out in faith. <coughs> You're always going to have people that try and discourage you from a divine encounter with God. Yes. Why? Because it's always outside what we can do on our own. That's the point of it being a God moment. If I, in my opinion, if these people I just mentioned cared more about the people, what people were saying about them, than what they heard about Jesus, then we wouldn't even be reading about these people because they wouldn't have even been in the Bible. 
The Lord changed their life. Why? Because I heard a preacher say, you pray prayers, but do you pray desperate prayers? I don't really, what does he say? I don't really uh, pray my prayers, I just say them. But if you think about how important prayer is, you think of how just a lifestyle that's pleasing to God and how, how this needs to be a package deal. Because if you're doing one and you're not doing the other, it's not going to work all the way around. Right? You have to have all the things. And that comes by the Lord. It doesn't come by you thinking you're good. Right? We're all not good. But we can all live a life that's pleasing unto him. The world is always going to mock us. It's always mocked the testimony of God. It always tries to mock the testimony of God and it always tries to kill the word of God in our land and in our homes. This is nothing new. Jesus is looking for a people that has heard about him tonight. And I would like to say in this generation, we have the Bible. More Bibles are printed every year than any other book. We've heard about him. Are we having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? Are we coming, not coming to the full knowledge of God? None of these people said, when they were, when they were in need, none of these people said, hold on, I'm going to go call my best friend and see what they think about me going with this Jesus guy. They didn't go ask their mom. They didn't go ask their dad. They had a real need in their heart that they knew nobody could meet but the Lord. And there's a lot of needs like that. Even there's not many people here tonight. There's a lot of needs in each person here that we have to let the Lord meet that need. Talking about it to anybody's not going to change a thing. They all had one thing in common, desperation in the fact that they heard about Jesus. Jesus believed he was who he claimed to be. They stepped out in faith and they all fell out of speed. What have you heard about Jesus tonight? John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 1, 3. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. John 6, 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Do we believe that? Do we hear that about Jesus? John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the breath of life. Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. You know, somebody would be like, where did we come from? You, you read in that verse. No, that wasn't it. Well, tell, tell me where we came from. Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. The Bible says Jesus is the Savior, Deliverer, Redeemer. God's Word, Jesus is the Victor, Overcomer, Conqueror. He physically rose from the grave. 
Having defeated sin and death, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's who Jesus is. He's the light of life, the bread of life. And to think about it, some people, the best thing that they're ever going to experience ever is what they have on this earth. That's not good. They're getting the, they're reaping the rewards now. We live a lifestyle that's desperate for Jesus, right? You would have had the disciples that seen seen Jesus walk around and do all these things, right? John, James, Peter. They all saw him. They even saw him transfigured, right? And they asked him how to pray. They didn't say, teach us how to do miracles. They didn't say, teach us how to raise the dead. Teach us how to pray for people with leprosy. No, they said, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus even said, Peter, I prayed for you. Because the devil looks to sift you as wheat. Why couldn't Jesus said, no, I just, I just told Satan to back off. Because he said, I prayed for you. Everything is an example. This is an exciting time to be a Christian. Amen. You can feel how dark it's getting out there, and if you're walking with him, your light is going to just shine. You can't help but shine. You're just positive and happy to people, hugging people, telling people, and people are wondering, you know, what's this person on? Because guess what? That's how they equate happiness now. You have to be on something. Because it's so rare that somebody is calm, happy, and content. Think about that. We need a touch from Jesus. All of us. I'll never not need a touch from the Lord. And I, and I know that. And I'm thankful I know that. And I'm just, you know, I love the Lord, and I love this church. I was thanking the Lord for this church today. I was thanking the Lord for all of you. I was thanking the Lord for Rocky and Cindy, for Lyle and Rose. No, it's, it's, it's a, this is a great place. And I believe we're, we're this close to seeing some really cool things happen. Let's all stand. Let's come up here. Let's all come up front. We're all